Hi, this is Wendy, and you're listening to The Leftscape. Hi, this is Robin Renee. Hi, this is Mary McGinley, and yes, you are listening to Leftscape, and uh, we're so glad you're here. And if you want to check us out on Facebook, just go to facebook.com slash leftscape, or you can find us on Twitter at, at leftscape. And we're also on Instagram, same deal. And our email is insight at leftscape.com. And that's leftscape, hard to say, but L-E-F-T-S-C-A-P-E.com. And that's our website too. Yes. So today's July 11th, which is apparently National Cheer Up the Lonely Day. Hey, it's, I like that one. It's also, That's a good one. It is, it is. <laughs> and it's also National Blueberry Muffin Day and National like Mojito Day, which I like. I, that like. Too. I, I, grow, I grow mojito uh, mint out on my front porch as a mosquito, as a mosquito repellent and also to make mojitos. And There's a particular mint that's for mojitos. Uh, apparently, yeah. Well, at least that's what they call it at the at the plant store. You know. Um, oh. I have chocolate mint and mojito mint. I like the chocolate mint better. Tastes better. And uh, it's also National Seven Eleven Day because it's July eleventh. Um, oh. So my suggestion to you is go find someone who's lonely and take them to Seven Eleven for a blueberry muffin and then stop at a bar for mojitos afterwards. Yeah, yeah, I don't know those two would go together. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like fun, though. That's cool. And I think it's important, too, to remember people who might not have uh, as much community as others do. So that's very yeah. cool. It is also a, one of my favorite weeks of the year, and it's New Recreation Week Woo. right now, which is wonderful for all of us naturists who like to uh, be free and enjoy enjoy the outdoors, the great outdoors. And especially this coming Saturday, July 14th, is International Skinny Dip Day. So uh, find a pond, find a pool, <laughs> take it off, <laughs> and celebrate. Or go to Sandy Hook. There you go. Absolutely. Um, and it is also World Population Day, July 11th. And that is really just a day to remember that... Um, you know, voluntary family planning is a human right and to um, help support gender equality and women's empowerment by um, advocating for that right. And, you know, if there is an organization you want to support that helps women and helps everybody, you know, plan for their um, fertility or not, then that is a good, it's a good day to do that. Yeah, that's a, yeah. that's, it's going to be more and more important as the uh, Supreme Court nominee to replace Kennedy um, is interviewed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I don't know if we mentioned, but it is July 3rd when we are um, recording, but, but this is going out. So when we're talking about today's the day, we're talking about what date? The day, We're talking about the, the 11th. Yes, the day people oh. are hopefully listening to this. Okay, okay. Well, some I don't know with podcasts myself, I listen to them any day of the week, not necessarily the day they come out. So so it's good to know it's we're talking about uh, July 11th. Yes. Okay, which is a birthday of many people. Yes. As a matter of fact, it's a birthday of John Quincy Adams, and 
Bruce McGill, the actor who was in D-Day and Animal House. He played oh, D-Day and Animal played House. played D-Day yeah. and Animal House. And has also appeared in Quantum Leap and Babylon 5, among other things. And Sela Ward. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's not Selma Ward. Sela, I thought it was. Oh, Sela. I don't, I don't know her. Okay. I, Sus- I Suzanne can't... Vega. Suzanne Vega's amazing. I love her. Yeah. And... and Cord Wainer Smith. Yeah. You know who he is? He's a writer. Okay. <laughs> Good, because I didn't know. But I knew it was his birthday, so happy birthday to all those people. <laughs> um, also on this day, July 11th, in 1533, Pope Clement VII excommunicates England's King Henry VIII. And in 1900... Oh. Charlotte Cooper beats Helene Prevost to become the first female Olympic tennis champion and the first individual female Olympic champion in any sport. That is really cool. And and yeah. tennis being my the sport that I like the most, that is news to me. That's really cool oh, to that's learn. Cool. That. So thank uh, you. Yeah. Oh, I'm just saying thank you for doing all that research when <laughs> now we're really placed in time well the, it, and in 1944 franklin roosevelt announced that he's going to run for a fourth term as president and mm-hmm. in 1995 this is the anniversary of um the massacre of 7,000 bosnian muslim men when the bosnian serbs overran the u.n safe haven of sabrinica which mm. is not a happy day but it's something to acknowledge oh, that this yeah. this genocide happened um and along those other lines um we've had a couple of uh celebrity deaths in uh the last week or so that we'd like to talk about yeah do you want to mention yours i can okay, go i'll go first yeah harlan mm-hmm. ellison um the 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 author um he died uh last week and um he was a very he's a, he's an influ, he is a very influential writer in the science fiction genre. Um, most people who aren't sci science fiction, and I'm not going to say sci-fi because he would like he, he would like smack you for saying that, um, but not really. But um, he really did not like the term sci-fi. Uh, he wrote the episode uh, The City on the Edge of Forever, which apparently um, his original script was a lot more- um, In what show? Star Trek. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, he was he was a seminal writer in, in the genre and he kind of created, he kind of like opened it up from um, the, the pulp kind of, you know, aliens stealing our women and spaceships going to Venus kind of science fiction from the, the 40s and 50s he kind of broke it up, broke it open into a lot more, a lot deeper and a lot more, um, more of an art form. Yes. Yeah. He elevated, he elevated the genre of science fiction and, and kind of, he came along at a lot of time at a time when he influenced a huge number of other writers that came after him. Um, and, uh, he was, you know, the creative consultant on Babylon five. Uh huh. And he was not a young man, and it was, and I, and I think he had been in decline for a while, so this was not an unexpected thing, but it's still, it's still hard to hear. And and I know there's mm-hmm. a lot of uh, my writer friends and acquaintances are, are some of them are very devastated over this. So, 
Um, you are you're missed, Harlan. Unky Harlan. Thank you. And uh, there was one that really affected me as well. Uh, on July 2nd, Alan Longmuir of the Bay City Rollers passed away. And I know a lot of people would laugh about being a fan of the Bay City Rollers, but to me, they were, um, they were the first band that I went crazy over when I was a kid, you know? And um, they actually really influenced me to want to sing and be on stage and play. And uh, one of, I believe the first time I ever performed publicly in, in a, one of my classrooms in elementary school, we sang, my couple of friends and I got together and sang a song called Ain't It Strange by the Bay City Rollers. So that was like the first time I ever did anything like that publicly. And it was, um, yeah, it was it was fun to have the crazy crush on a band and we all used to get together and make do Scottish things, make Scotch shortbread and all that things <laughs> were based on their on their being Scottish. And it was um it was a cool time. And we actually uh I saw that a few of them had gotten together again in the early nineties. It was Alan and um Eric Faulkner and Woody Wood, I think the three of them, and a couple other people who weren't in the band, you know, in in its heyday, and they played in like Plainfield, New Jersey, at some club, and it was, I couldn't believe it. I remember I was walking down the street and I just saw this poster, and I said, wait a minute, and it took me like a full thirty seconds to realize it was actually no, the actual Bay City Rollers are actually playing. Oh wow, a live show somewhere, um, and so. Four of us who were fans back when we were like nine and ten years old got together and was hadn't seen each other in years, and all went to the show and it was really it was a lot of fun. Um, so it's sad, you know, to uh, to hear of his passing and it's a lot of good memories and um, I don't know I think they influenced more than people give them credit if 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 only the barrage of boy bands that came after them I don't know. <laughs> But uh, yeah, it was kind of a hard day. Yeah. In other news, the U.S. District Court recently blocked the Trump policy of arbitrary detention of asylum seekers fleeing persecution, torture, or death. The judge orders case-by-case review of whether each asylum seeker in our class action lawsuit should be released on humanitarian parole. That's uh, the ACLU's uh, press release um, the more this morning when we were recording, um, so mm-hmm. I'm, you know, so so activist groups are staying on top of this whole immigration crisis, and it's good to hear that the courts are um, taking this, some positive action towards this. Go ahead. Is, is this the judge in California that oh, did this? I'm not sure. I'm not. Okay. I don't think it's the same one. I think this is a different lawsuit. Um, oh, because there was a, a federal judge also pa- passed a thing that in California, the federal judge was, but it was for, for the whole country, um, that they they must get children under 13 years old must be uh, reunited with their parents uh, within a certain amount of time. And uh, yeah, that was the of, ruling last of, week. Yeah, this and is... officials in Texas are just ignoring it. They're oh, really? It. Oh, I They're did not know that. It. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to a, a lawyer on 
on uh, Rachel Maddow last night when they were talking about it. I didn't take notes, sorry. Oh, that's okay. That was... mm-hmm. But that's too bad that they're defying that, that court order. But, yeah, um... it seems like everything that people are getting done is just being ignored. Like this thing that, that uh, Trump signed was a worthless piece of paper. You know, mm. it, he didn't do anything to get these kids back together with their parents. Nothing at all. Well, I'm I'm glad to hear that there are there are judges out there that are making these rulings and, and calling attention to it. And I know that I was also concerned that not everyone would be just, you know, adhering to it once something like that came down. But I think it's it's definitely progress to know that it's being seen and being documented as um, contrary to what we want to be doing legally in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did go to one of the rallies on June 30th in Philadelphia, and they were, and that's encouraging to me that there are mm-hmm. there were 700 cities around the country that where people gathered in many in many thousands in Washington D.C. and New York especially. And um, the people are watching this, and and it's good to see that some of the judges are doing the same. And I'm going to keep I'm going to keep optimistic about it. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, so that was great, uh, Robin. That you went to Philly for that that. Uh, March. There were marches here in New Jersey. There was also there was uh, one thing where they could not actually legally march, and the, but what they had to do was do a drive-by, and they were doing a drive-by in uh, is it Bedminster that that uh, the golf course, Trump's golf course is. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's where they were doing drive-by, and I was I was hoping I was going to get to that, but I ended up being up all night with with an ulcer attack mm. and uh and i realized too there's so much stress that that's one of the things that makes my ulcer suddenly stab me in the gut and it's stress and uh i then i was reading this article in the new york times about women working on all these things that we're working on yeah women women it, saving democracy yeah <laughs> yeah because what else are we going to do but save democracy? We have to. It's yeah. it's important. And they they mention it the very thing outrage fatigue, and I thought that is a good phrase. Outrage fatigue. Outrage fatigue. Outrage overload. Oh, totally, totally, totally. Well, and I also think it's part of the GOP and especially the current administration's game plan. Mm-hmm. is to keep us yeah. outraged over every new thing that comes along and, and it's multiple times a day and it's it's never ending and and, and it it's 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 uh, it's yeah. designed to wear us down so we give yeah. up mm-hmm. it's very hard to keep track of everything I agree and it's um, I don't know. I feel myself sort of getting not immune to it, but definitely it feels duller now. I feel mm. dulled down from as upset as I was about a lot of things as this all started. And I, I think that's a good thing as long as, as action get, doesn't stop. 
Well, you're getting you're get kind of getting habituated to it because there's only so much adrenaline that your body can produce at any given time. Right, right. And I don't want to do I don't want to just get uh, desensitized to everything that's happening and not care anymore. But I don't think I'm not sure it's a great idea to feel raging anger all the time. I don't necessarily want to feel that. So I'm glad that's not happening, but I'm, it worries me because it can also lead to just not being as active as I want to be. And that's, It's not you know, happening for you? What's not happening for you? You're not getting, feeling outraged or? I'm not feeling as outraged. I'm feeling, I mean, engaged and interested and um, aware that we need to keep taking action, but I'm not waking up like scared and pissed off and freaked out at every new thing that happens. Oh, that's good. I guess that's good, but it is a double-edged sword, as, as you mentioned, Wendy, you know? Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's one of the pieces of advice that I read uh, probably right after the election in 2016 um, from, from people who have been activists for a long time, I'm guessing, um, was that, you know, you can't, you, you personally, as on an individual level, cannot fight all of the fights all of the time you have to you you take one or two issues that are important to you personally and those are the ones you concentrate on and and um and i think actually this is this people have been reiterating this um a lot over you know since over the last 18 months over this entire presidency um is that everybody if everybody's doing one their one thing all of the things will get covered you mm. know um and i i think that that rabbi who who we're following on left skate now uh, she she's the one that that reminded me of it the most recently of that like pick your one or two fights and those are your one or two fights and and apparently since my one of my fights is one of my two fights is um you know women's reproductive rights uh that's going to be really heating up over the next few mm. months um and probably going forward uh especially especially if they try to to repeal roe v wade um i know there's one guy uh one guy on on all of the the news media who's going around saying oh it's dead it's dead now there's nothing you're oh, yeah. going to be able to do um and, I saw yeah well he was john oliver had a clip of the guy saying yeah. that yeah yeah i so. saw that on john oliver <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's that's worrisome i think when people get so um just dejected or allow that kind of attitude to take over and then we just become complacent uh, just yeah. complacent well, yeah or, or resign people say yeah resign they say well i might as well not fight because it's a fait accompli Mm -hmm. well it so, well yeah and it's it's what is it it's if if roe wade roe v wade gets overturned um there's like 21 states that abortion will be still be legal no 21 states that it will not be legal it, is what i heard oh i can forget which way it was going <laughs> it, that it, it immediately will be not legal but but then there's 20 something others that are not yeah yeah but then people are going to have to travel to those states mm -hmm. so and, it, and it's always been it's always been if you had enough money you could always get one safely 
um, because it's not going to stop abortions. It's just going to stop safe abortions, and and then women will be dying, and I, and I guess nobody they don't care. Um, <sighs> so there's my outrage. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. so I have a I have a question about how we deal with outrage and anger. Mm-hmm. Um, what? How do you allow anger to be a positive force? Because I believe that it has a purpose and it has a function in order to get us to act. The anger itself? Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, I guess if you can translate it into energy. Into action. Yeah, energy that you put into your action. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like you're doing that now? How how does that feel for you right now? Me? (laughs) Yes. Uh, I'm not there right now, but I have been. It it comes and goes. There's flux. Yeah, mm-hmm. I I was I was uh, I needed to be in my blanket fort for a while, um, mm-hmm. and because uh, well it, it's you know because your personal life stuff happening in your personal life also also fills up the the worry tank, um, mm-hmm. and and. Um, it was, and it felt like, because even though we, you know, I joined my local resistance group and I was doing the, these things and, and it, and it seemed that where I wasn't seeing results right away, you know, and that, and that to me, maybe, and that's a part of, I guess, living in, in the internet age where you think you, where things are moving very fast. Um, and some things move very fast, like the news cycle and, and the toilet tweeting and all of that stuff that, that happens very fast. And, uh, and then the, the gears of government and the gears of the court system and all of the, the actual things that have to take place for change to really happen. That stuff happens at a much slower time scale than this, all this Mm -hmm. other stuff. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah. so you're getting impatient and you're not seeing any results right away. And it's like, why isn't anything happening? And I'm doing all this work and nothing's happening. And, and it's sort of like I need a break. So, you know, I, I retired to my blanket fort for a few months. Um, mm-hmm. I honestly I think this podcast that we're doing um, is part of what I wanted, you know, what I'm doing in, in terms of, of activism. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah. And I want to start going back to the meetings because, you know, getting out and, and like actually talking to people, other people, you know, outside of the house, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's good. It's good for the, it's good for, for stress relief, just, you know, well, socializing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have some thoughts on Robin's question too. Go ahead. <laughs> I, I think, I think the thing too is that, um, you you have the anger and if you can translate it into energy uh, then the energy has to go into an action which means you have to have a clear idea of an action that you're going to do otherwise you're just flailing around uh, being energetically upset and so the best thing to do is to join one of these groups like indivisible or or now and uh, see what kind of plans they have that they would have clear actions. Um, 
uh, we're going to go to this protest or we're going to we're going to try and fight something that's being done in our area but the thing too is you have to have a goal that's not necessarily a goal that we're going to get this change so because then when it doesn't change as as you were just saying Wendy it gets very frustrating what you have to do is just say our goal is to get 50 people to this rally or our goal is to get this petition delivered that that way it's something that you can control that you you have a clear idea of you're doing it and you get it done so then you feel accomplished even though in the long run it it's going to be slow at getting the gears of pol- policy to change at least you've done the thing that you needed to do does that make sense i think that's great advice yeah. actually you know something that's achievable and it's a small piece of the puzzle that you can yeah. say okay i can do this much and this this got done you know and it yeah. feels it feels good i have been um I have been weary and not uh, doing as much as I'd like, although this is, I, I agree, Wendy, this is very much a big part of my activism, um, speaking and creating a platform where voices can be heard on a lot of issues is, I think, a um, very important factor in all of this, especially when we have people saying the media is, you know, needs to be silenced or, or whatever. So that's a really good thing. Um, I am, I have been slacking off and I was beating myself up for slacking off some of my other activism and it's good to remember that sometimes it's okay to go to the blanket fort for a while. We need that too. You need that. You need to recharge your battery. Right. But I think what I want to do is to um, commit to doing at least a couple things maybe in a week or I have to figure out the interval that feels not not the not the most comfortable thing for me you know because making a podcast and doing promo and uh those i mean i'm glad we're doing that but it's also something that's very much within our comfort zones my comfort zone exactly our comfort zone and so i think you know phone calling is kind of a challenge for me it sounds like such a dumb little thing but calling it's it's tough i did that I, i volunteered for planned parenthood uh last november and uh, it was hard because, you know, it's you're unsolicited calling people and some of them are Cold really calling. rude and, and it's it's rough. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, yeah. If you're calling houses, especially. But even like I, I, I want to call, you know, the Congress people and let them know to remind them to support things that we need to be supported and, uh, mm-hmm. and oppose things we need to oppose and that sort of stuff. And even though I know that they just get calls every day and they're going to clock in how many calls they got for each opinion and, you know, and I think it's important. It is, it is. And I think, and I think it is for some reason it makes me very nervous, but I, I feel like it's important enough that I want to step outside of myself enough to start doing that again. So that's my one, the one thing that I kind of let fatigue take over Mm. that I want to bring back. Yeah. You know, you know, I, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm sure I've mentioned it at some time that I'm kind of phonophobic. I, I really can't call people on the phone. Hmm. And, and so that, that what you're just talking about, Robin, that fills me with dread calling, wow. calling people on the phone to, to voice my opinion about, the, or making those cold calls. Um, mm-hmm. That's upsetting. 
So if anybody else is like me and they really hate, they want to express their opinion, but they, they hate to call their representatives on the phone. Then, and, and like you said, though, it's important to do that because they count how many people of their constituents are, um, are for or against whatever bill is being passed. So what I have loved that I have is on my phone, I have that app that's called Resist. The Resist and Bot. Resist Bot. The yes. Resist Bot, yeah. And I, I can do that all day. <laughs> <laughs> I that's do good. That just about every day. Nice. And it's good for me to hear yeah. also that maybe if phone calling, is, it just isn't for some people. And it is something I can do. It's something that it's a little hard for me to do, but I can step up into it. And I'm, that gives me extra encouragement to, to do that work. So that's cool. And I, yeah. And there's also mailing in, you know, physical mail as well. Mm -hmm. and oh yeah. It's, you know, one of the reasons why in, in 2016, I designed the, um, the We the People postcards. That was beautiful. That, yeah, I still have some left in I my Etsy store. Uh. Yes, let's put the, we'll put the link out there again. We will. Yeah, good stuff. people get them from the Etsy store. Those are really beautiful po uh, Thank you. postcards. Um, yeah, those work. And, and it's like, I'm, I've been kicking this idea around in my head for a long time now. And it's like, I'm, I, and, I, and I haven't researched what it would take to do, but you know, like, do I run for like a city council position? You know, that kind of, I'm, I'm like almost there. And, and it's, the thing is though, I hate politics, like in small groups, like, like, uh, you know, whatever, whenever you're in like a small volunteer group, there's this huge amount of political bullshit that goes on. Oh, yeah. And, and it's like, yep. and, and there's a reason why they call it politics. And I can't imagine that being like on the city council is going to be, it's going to be like, a th is it going to be a thousand times worse than that? Because I don't know that I could stand it. But a part I kind of, of think like, it's the same all over, you know, like you're going to have this, you know, certain controversies and certain people do more of the work than other people. And I think like any group you join is kind of the same. So oh, it's just a different yeah. version of it. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. if I you go know, into I like real politics, is it going to yeah. be worse? In, in my <laughs> classes, I teach um, problem solving, group problem solving, and my students have to do things in groups. And that's just what you're talking about. <laughs> that there's some people who do all the work, some people who don't do any of the work and they, they don't show up to the meetings. But then there's also, you'll have people who their ego tells them that they have to be the one that's right. And if you have two people like that, there's territoriality uh, comes into play and they butt heads. So it's like that in anything, not just pol politics, whenever you're working with a group. Yeah. yeah. So I can't so let's tell her, encourage her, let's encourage Wendy me into it or talking yeah. me out of it. I... <laughs> but I think it's good to be aware of it. I think you should do it. I think you should do it. Oh my god! Yeah. I would. I would almost. I would want to move to where you're running so I can vote for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because I, honestly, Wendy, I think you would be excellent, and I. Yeah, um, the, the blue-haired would... pagan woman running for anything. It's going to be. <laughs> You'll get some publicity. Uh, yeah, but I don't know if it's the kind of publicity I want. <laughs> think about it though, because I, you, I, I think I you know. would. I, I, I believe in your convictions. Thank you. And um, you would make a great leader. Uh, don't scare me.
Hi, this is Wendy Sheridan, and uh, as I mentioned in the segment prior to this, I do have an Etsy store. It's wendyshandmade.etsy.com, where you can purchase uh, We the People uh, postcards that you can mail to your local and national politicians to let them know your thoughts on various issues. So, and they're they're very reasonably priced and I still have some left and uh, I would love to sell out of these because then I could print more. I am Robin Renee. You can find me at robinrenee.com on Facebook. I'm at facebook.com slash robinreneefan. You can find me on Twitter at spiritrocksexy and uh, all around the web pretty much. You can find my music on iTunes and Spotify and CD Baby, um, and that's me for today. Hi, this is Mary McGinley, and I don't have anything in particular for myself that I'm promoting, but I am looking at a fundraiser right now <laughs> that, that I became aware of. I got an email from somebody I knew last week, and this fundraiser is called Swimming for Shakespeare. So I think you've got to Google swimming for Shakespeare and, and, and you'll think, well, what the heck is that? Uh, it has to do with, it, it's a campaign that this woman that I am acquainted with um, put together and she's a long distance swimmer. She's a marathon swimmer and she did this thing where she's ending up, what she did was she swam around the island of Bermuda. She transversed, transversed, is that the word? Uh, circumnavigated the, um, the island of Bermuda. So that's uh, 39.1 miles and uh, to, to bring attention to this cause. Um, Shakespeare in prisons is what it is. So it's not really swimming in Shakespeare, it's Shakespeare in prisons. She's doing the swimming. And so she's my person of the week. So I'm going into that segment of person of the week is Sarah Eisman is her name. And um, I think that this is a terrific thing. And if, if you look into it, uh, people may think, well, what do you know? What do you mean? You go in and you perform Shakespeare for prisoners? The, what is that? No, it's not that you go and perform. Although sometimes they do perform, but what these people do uh, in this program that's actually called Shakespeare Behind Bars is one of the companies that does this. Um, they go in and they work with the prisoners themselves and teach them how to do Shakespeare. And the thing is, is it's a very therapeutic thing because Shakespeare actually, he's really, there's a lot of universal emotions that come out and it, it gets people to break through their, their facade and help them understand themselves and help them understand other people. So that's my thing that I'm, I'm uh, committing to this week, sending money to Sarah Eisman, who swam for continuously for 31 hours. And sharks, she was swimming with sharks too, so that's kind of scary. And she did it because of this cause. So everybody, Check out that, and uh, there's articles in the Royal Gazette, that's the Bermuda newspaper, about her doing this. 
Uh, it looks beautiful. You wouldn't know that they were sharks, but it looks beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> so that's impressive. That's amazing. Yeah, that's that's my deal today. That's cool. Thank you. Well, it's summer, as you well know, and and if you're living in the east northeast uh, and probably elsewhere in the country, we are in the middle of this enormous heat wave right now. And as a kind of a PSA, I'd like to let you guys know the difference between heat exhaustion or heat stroke. Because, excuse me, because heat exhaustion sucks and it's bad, but heat stroke will kill you. So to know the difference, it's important. Um, So heat exhaustion is if you're feeling faint or dizzy and you're sweating excessively and you have cool, pale, clammy skin, you may experience nausea and vomiting with a rapid, weak pulse and muscle cramps, that's heat exhaustion. And and that means get yourself to something cool, an air-conditioned place, and if you're conscious, drink water and try to cool off in a shower or, you know, use a cold compress on on you to cool down. Mm. Heat stroke... You'll, you could have nausea and vomiting with heat stroke too, but you'll have a throbbing headache and you won't be sweating. <clears throat> and your body temperature will actually be above 103 degrees and you could have red hot and dry skin um, and your pulse would be strong and rapid and you may actually lose consciousness. And this is when you call 911 and you take immediate action to cool the person down. Uh, because mm. they will die. Uh, it's wow. so you know. Be aware of all of these things. Uh, and my PSA next week may be about riptides. I don't know. Um, yeah. <laughs> That's good to know. I'd like yeah. to see a, a, a link that describes that. So yeah, it's a it's yeah, a. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll find one and post it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a there's a yeah. uh, a nice handy infographic at weather.gov/heat. Um, and we'll we'll reproduce that one on our website for you guys, so you can look Ooh. at it and know and know the difference. Um, I remember I actually experienced some things of heat exhaustion when I was waiting online at Great Adventure. It's like 25 years ago. Um, it's like the last time I went to Great Adventure. Uh, <laughs> I was waiting mm. on uh, Batman the Ride, which was the ride I could never go on. For very like that time, I I why could you not go on it? That time when I was there, it was because the line was really really long in the direct sun, and I had eaten I guess a large ice cream cone like a swirly like a soft serve cone, Mm -hmm. and I'd eaten that a little while before and waiting online. I just started feeling dizzy, and then I ended up puking in the bushes, and then we just kind of got out. (laughs) and then and then the second time it was because i was with children who were too short to go on the ride so oh. yeah, it's like, uh. it was like this thing i would you're never going to get to be on that it's probably not there no, it's anymore. probably not there anymore so yeah <laughs> I, that's the ride i was never able to go on mm. um actually I haven't been to an amusement park in ages so um but yeah i've i've had heat exhaustion and it sucks never had heat yeah. stroke but I've been to camping events where someone else did, and it was really scary. Um, wow. So everybody, wow. like, just make sure you're hydrating and not being out 
and you know take care of yourselves can i tell my heat exhaustion story yeah (laughs) (laughs) i was riding my bike you know where i live um about five miles away was the train station i had my bike there and i was um in boundbrook I was riding along the towpath. Uh, for people who, kn- who don't know this area, there was at one time a canal that cut the state of New Jersey uh, so that they could take coal from Pennsylvania and take it up to New York. But um, so that I was riding along the towpath. And if you can picture what a towpath is like. It's tow, uh, it's T-O-W, not T-O-E, right? T-O-W, like Towing. Yes. <laughs> yes, T-O-W. Uh, so it's a, a little kind of long, skinny island along the side of, uh, on one side is a canal, and on the other side is the Raritan River. And, um, uh, but it's, it's, a, it, it's pretty wide in space. It's, there's there's a, a lane along it that's about uh, a car could go down, but that's it. And otherwise it's got trees and things because it's a state park now because they don't tow anything on it. So people ride their bikes and it's very pleasant to ride your bike. So I'm riding my bike and I'm not really paying attention to it. It is 90 degrees out. And as I'm riding along, riding along, I get to the point where there's this, this stone overflow thing that I have to kind of walk my bike over. And as I'm walking my bike, the heat stroke hit me. And I just, I fell over one way and my bike fell over the other way into the canal. And luckily, there was a guy who was fishing off the side of the thing, and he saw it go, and he like ran and grabbed my bike, and then helped me over to. I just had to lay on the grass for, for a while and and cool down. But it's like, what the hell happened? Everything just fell. Wow. I was so hot. Yeah. And I'm glad that my bike got saved. <laughs> So I'm glad you got saved. Story. I was going to yeah, say, I'm glad you got saved. Get a new I, bike. Yeah, it was, it was my new bike, too. So. I'm just saying, you can't always get a new bike, but we can't get uh, a new Mary. Oh, uh, so, yeah. Yeah, I think you're more important than the bike, but that's just <laughs> me. <laughs> well, I have to get back to riding the bike again. I feel bad. But it, not in this weather. Oh, no, don't go out no, today. No, be careful. No. I'm avoiding... 90 degree bike rides no more for me that's for sure so what else are we doing this summer i'm uh, for me i'm uh i'm a gardener i'm gardening and um it's it's been uh very my garden has been very uh prolific this year because i planted really densely which at the time seemed like a good idea but now it's sort of like i've got these two jungle beds growing and there's so much stuff coming out of it i i was the i was the zucchini fairy um on on saturday morning because i had harvested about 40 pounds of zucchini so everybody in my on my block got a gigantic zucchini on their front porch secretly mm-hmm. from an anonymous person which was me <laughs> that sounds so funny i know <laughs> I hope that they're enjoying them, and they're yeah. not just saying, "What the heck is this? <laughs> <laughs> what is this phallic thing on my?" I know. <laughs> I know. It's like, yeah, maybe, maybe somebody thinks I'm, I'm like being rude, rude flirting with them. I don't know. That's funny. That's cool. They're not eggplant anyway. Not yet. No eggplants yet. Because yeah. the zucchinis are like covering them with their leaves. 
because mm-hmm. <laughs> I planted everything too close. And right now it's like it's like bead, uh, uh, not bead, um, pe- not peas, beans, beans, beans. Green beans. <laughs> I'm having. I'm in the middle of a bean tsunami. Uh, <laughs> mm. They're all like. They're gigantic, and they're just so many, and we're eating. Oh, so many I wish of I lived them. closer to you. Alan loves green beans. Hey, listen, sure. you're you're gonna be house sitting for me, so when you do, I want you to be hard. It's probably that's when like like the thousands of tomatoes will be ripening. Mm-hmm. So that'll be, I'd be jealous. You'll be eating <laughs> all my tomatoes. Yeah. I'm looking forward to that. That. What I'm doing this summer is I'm outsitting <laughs> for you. For me. Take and then I my, look on that as a as a vacation. <laughs> in that, in that uh, you know how I don't know if you've ever traveled in other countries and that and gotten this feeling that oh I'm here and it's all special. This is something new to me. But uh, I'm riding on this bus and here's these little ladies. They're doing their shopping on the bus. This is just every day to them. So I'm thinking. Well, maybe I could put my mind into that travel mode where I'm in somebody else's everyday place, but it's new to me. So that's what I'm doing is it's like, oh, look at this. It's a different house I'm in. And, uh, and, <laughs> and, these, maybe are, and these are different cats that are bothering yeah. me. <laughs> and uh, maybe I'll put on your sprinkler and jump through it. I don't have a sprinkler. I don't have a sprinkler either. I have a hose. Uh, Well, (laughs) you must have a hose. Do you have have a hose? hose. I have a hose. Okay, I'll squirt. You can spray. You can spray yourself. Yeah. (laughs) You sure you don't have a pool? That would be good. No, my neighbors that that don't seem to like me very much have a pool. So maybe that's maybe that's why they're being not being very friendly because they know if they're friendly, everybody's going to be. Can we use your pool? So. So, and you gave them zucchini. No, not there on the other. They're around the corner. I just did yeah. the, the street right here. People across the street and my neighbor, my next door neighbors. Wow. Yeah. Okay. They're the only ones. Not not everybody. Everybody. I didn't have that many zucchinis. <laughs> oh. Well, lucky for you. So what are you doing, Robin? Oh, let's see. I've got a gig coming up in Columbia, Maryland on the 2nd. Friday in August. I don't have cool. that date in my head right now, but that's something I'm kind of looking forward to. I'm mostly keeping to myself though, and um, working on feeling um, positive alignment, mm. spiritually, emotionally, um, house-wise. Just sort of, uh, just sort of create creating the environment I want inside my immediate world and, and, and a little bit outside and I will get to the beach. I don't want to ignore the fact that it's summer and it's my favorite season, but I'm mostly, uh, mostly focused on improvements of various types. So that's well, my, that's, good. that's my summer. You've been listening to the Leftscape podcast. Find us online at leftscape.com on Twitter at Leftscape and on Facebook at Leftscape. The Leftscape, the shape of progressive conversation. New episodes every Wednesday.